if you're innovating, creating, or making a difference. This show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. As you can see, we're at the float site today. We talked earlier about floats having a personality. So far, this personality has been mostly cooperative. This character has her eyes. When a character gets their eyes, you can see the personality of the character. Well, I'll take one last deep breath on Christmas Day, and then most of us probably won't sleep again till somewhere around January 3rd or 4th. <laughs> How would you like to experience the creative process involved in building a float for Pasadena Tournament of Roses 2024 Rose Parade? Since March of this year, we've been tracking the progress of La Cañada Flint Ridge Tournament of Roses Association's 2024 float entitled Flower Power. This is a 1960s hippie band bus with a band of flowers on a stage at the back playing instruments and a smaller satellite float leading the way. Since 1978, La Cañada Flint Ridge Tournament of Roses Association, also known as LCFTRA, has been creating award-winning Rose Parade floats. As one of only six non-commercial all-volunteer float builders called self-builts that enter floats in the Rose Parade. Come with me now on an audio tour of La Cañada Flint Ridge Tournament of Roses Association's float site, courtesy of LCFTRA Vice President of Float Development, Pam Wiedenbeck. Pam, what's happening right now with flower power? Well, as you can see, we're at the float site today. We are pretty much on schedule. I always hesitate to say that. We talked earlier about floats having a personality. So far, this personality has been mostly cooperative. (laughs) (laughs) The weather has been mostly cooperative. I'm not sure I'm ready for a super El Nino if it hits in December. I'm just hoping it waits till January to get. So one of the reasons I decided to do it on the iPad here is because I can walk around so I can switch the camera. So this will be great. We'll get to see some stuff that's happening right now. We'll get to see some stuff that's happening. We'll get to see some of the substructure, some of the stuff that within a month or so you're not going to ever see again, or at least the general public will never see it again. In other Uh, words, the deep, dark mysteries of a first parade float. That's right. So since we're doing this mostly audio, when I flip the camera around, I'm not going to be visible to you. At this point, Pam flipped the camera around to show what was happening at the float construction site. One of the first things we saw, a cute plush bumblebee attached to a rendering of the float. Okay, so we've talked about the rendering before. And oh, by the way, that's a Group B mascot. So the drivers, the baby bus is driven by a pair of bees. So they're the Group Bs. So this this hasn't changed, thank goodness. (laughs) Next, we looked at a chart taped up nearby. This was divided into quadrants and contained a few red squares and quite a few stars. And one of the things we've been discussing as we go through flower selection and everything 
is, and I don't know how well you can see this, back in late last year, we decided to map roughly 20 years of successes and failures and to see if there were trends on when we won better than our standard awards. And lo and behold, there were trends. And a couple people vetted this, so it wasn't just me placing the stars. The big red boxes are total failures in the last 20 years or so. So we only went back to the roughly the change in the way banners were handed out and their definitions. For context, there were far fewer big red boxes, or what Pam termed total failures, than there were stars for successes. We counted a total of seven red boxes versus 17 stars, denoting the various trophies LCFTRA entries have won over the past 20 years or so. So to top that off, we've got the judging criteria for the various awards. Just to keep us on track. Most people ask me what mine is. I never reveal mine at this point because I don't want to put too much pressure on people. But in general, the, the focus right now is on the bottom of this list. The Golden State, the Americana, and then on this side, the Queen's Trophy for Roses. So those are what the team thinks we're going for. I don't reveal what I'm going for. Gail at KTLA one year had me reveal mine. And then I sweated all the way through till the award was announced. Turned out I was right, but it puts too much pressure because in order to get up in that top corner, you've got to do both design, flowers, and construction well, all three of them, to be up there in this corner. Which, by the way, for anybody who's listening to audio, We've got 2003 Mayor's Trophy. We've got 2023 Mayor's Trophy. We've got 2022, darn close to that, Crown City Innovator. And then the other two we put here were the 2006 Theme Trophy and actually the 2010 Founders Trophy, which at that point was under the old banner system. Today, that Founders Trophy would have been best essentially non-commercial entry. At that point, the banner, which we have a picture of the banner, says best self-built. So that's how things have changed. So let me walk around. By the way, for all of your listeners, we are totally outside. So there is no float bar. There is a trailer full of stuff to build with. There's a little meeting and lunch area. There's a pair of forklifts. There's all the things drying in the sun, all the painted things. And you're not going to be able to see this much longer. This is the operator's compartment. So we have the observer who has the brakes. We have the driver who has the power, the steering wheel, the master controls. This year, we've added something called the show director, 
which is somebody who's on the float that can communicate with both the satellite and the main float because the animation is going to be complicated. We actually have an animator's compartment, an animator's compartment here, which will have the computers, the hydraulic valves, all the connections, and the control for the stage to raise it and lower it. So we're writing two animators here. So it's a float crew of five instead of a float crew of three. Now, the other thing we have and we've had for the last few years is the satellite. And this year, the satellite is a baby bus. Now, it turns out if you measure the baby bus and compare it to the big bus, the baby bus is only 13% the size of its granddad. And so what we're currently doing, since the person who donated this doesn't want it destroyed, we're covering it with removable vinyl so that when all the flowers, seeds, leaves, and everything gets stripped off, we haven't destroyed the fiberglass shell, which was originally, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, a soapbox derby shell of one of our members when he was a kid. So we have that. So I'm doing this because it's not on critical path right yet. My idea is I can get the vinyl on, then I'm out of the way. So we've been working on both sides. And what isn't on yet is the wheels that the designer is currently designing now. And so all of the detail will be painted on and decorated. We actually have two operators in here. It's going to be very cozy for five and a half miles. So one of the things we noticed the other day is the back of the seats have a potential, although we don't think it's lightly, of being seen. Those have to be painted black and decorated. One of Tournament of Roses rules for Rose Parade floats all visible surfaces must be covered with organic materials. I was really excited this morning when I came in because I'm going to take you out to the flower garden. Our band members are flowers, and they are made in the traditional steel screen and cocooning method. And so we see pieces of guitars, pieces of drums, and this really thrilled me this morning because having been a shaper, this character has her eyes. And if you're a shaper, when a character gets their eyes, you can see the personality of the character. So the eyes are all important. A lot of artists will tell you that about painting and drawing and everything that the eyes are important. Well, this is the first, the singer on the float, and she got her eyes first. So I thought that was really cool. And we got daisies and sunflowers and snapdragons, snapdragon petals almost all being done individually and leaves being done to put together. And then we have the drum, bass drum, and the two snare drums. And somewhere around here, there's also cymbals, but I don't see them right now. 
so you can see more of the snapdragons hanging from the wires. You know, so each one of these wire things has to be screened and then cocooned and then painted and assembled. Cocooned may be a term that not everybody's that familiar with. Okay. What we call cocooning is once we get a steel shape, we cover it with first with window screen and then we spray it with a plastic polymer that then creates a white surface. The white surface is what's painted and decorated. How have you changed, now that you have your music, how have you changed the animation plans, if at all? We're doing something that we don't think has been done before. Somebody may tell us otherwise. Usually you choose a two to three minute long clip and then you replay it endlessly for five and a half miles. I can still sing Frank Sinatra's Come Fly With Me, which was the music. <laughs> and any driver will tell you, any crew member will tell you they never forget the music that they're crew for. Instead, since this is a rock band from the 60s celebrating the Summer of Love, which officially I found out by looking at this greater internet resource, began in June of 1967. So we have 60s, we have a 60s playlist. We're hoping it's going to be 11 songs, but we're having a little trouble with music rights to one of them. So I don't want to even say what it is right now, but we've got 10 songs. The playlist actually opens with California Dreaming. And it plays through a whole bunch of Beatles, Beach Boys, Otis Redding, all sorts of stuff. And then it ends right now with Little Old Lady from Pasadena. And there's a fade through. So the end of one song fades down and then there's a fade in of the next song. So it's, it's like the band is taking a breath. And currently we're trying to figure out whether we can actually, at several key points along the parade, lower the stage and then raise it again. You know, so it looks like they're taking a bow at the end of the playlist and then it comes back up and they're playing in the beginning of the playlist again. Hence, two animators instead of the usual one. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that's being discussed in the background is do we want a judging playlist, which just focuses on the Golden State and Americana Awards? but will be less than 10 minutes long so that we're liable to catch, the judges are liable to catch an entire performance of the music. So we haven't got there yet. We got this far. And, And I'll tell you, anybody you ask about what music we should play, it's different for every single person. No, I don't like that song. It's too mournful oh, I don't like that song because I don't like that artist and and everything. So it took us a good four months to go through 50 or 60 songs, present a bunch from tournament, have them tell us which ones they license for parade activities. 
And then we ended up with 10 of the 11 being able to get essentially a free license, a license that tournament pays for that we don't have to pay again for, for 10 of the 11 songs. And right now, between tournament, two different music rights agents, and us, we're trying to get that last piece in place because we really think it's a key piece. If we don't have it, we don't have it, but it's a key piece. Of course, when you're creating something that weighs a number of tons and is going to be traveling 5.5 miles in front of practically the whole world, test drives are part of the process. At the time we spoke, LCFTRA's Flower Power had recently completed their first test drive called a T1. Their T2 is scheduled for early December. You said that you had one of the best T1s you've ever had on your website. I'd be interested to know what was happening for you with that one. We got a lot of things in that we could demonstrate. We had wiring in and everything. Even though lights and crew fans weren't in the right places, we could show that they worked and tied into the control system. That's usually a T2 item. If we can get it out of the way at T1, that just means we just have to move them around. We don't have to do it over again. We didn't run into any challenges on this first level of construction. So nothing leaked. The engine started. Brakes worked. We could do the roll test early. They like to do the roll test early at T1 because once we put another 25,000 pounds on this, there's not, the street outside here is pretty flat. So it takes a push to get it rolling. Roll test. So that tested all the tow release mechanisms and everything. And we missed on one thing, and it's not clear how we missed on that, other than that we had the wheels on and off multiple times and probably didn't finish readjusting the brakes when we put them on the last time. And then the second thing, I don't even really consider a miss, but it got flagged, is we've got some of the hydraulic hoses, which don't have their clamps in place yet, held in place with essentially chewing gum and bailing wire. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're doing regular work parties on Saturdays. We're doing regular work parties. We have probably four or five different crews working. So people show up. If they've been here before, they know what they're working on and they just go right to work. If they haven't been here before, we look where the hands are needed and we deploy them in that way. Sometime in the next two weeks, we'll open the decorator shifts. And then about two weeks after that, we'll open the support shifts. You know, there's the support shifts. Decorator shifts are actually really first. And we're moving to a new sign-in system with a partner so that we can do more things. We're hoping this year to get rid of most of the paper. That is, have people scan in scan out, do all their paperwork when they sign up, and and we'll see a little checkbox so all the paperwork is done so they don't have to bring us a pile of paper. We're hoping that works out a whole lot better. If you'd like to know more about helping to paint and decorate, now's a great time to contact LCFTRA through their website. 
That's lcftra.org. You can also stop by their float site on Hampton Road at Foothill in La Cañada Flint Ridge during their weekly Saturday work parties, which happen at 9 o'clock in the morning till about 2 in the afternoon. Of course, everybody wants to decorate a Rose Parade float, but what do you need most right now in terms of volunteers? In about two weeks, we're going to need a lot of people to help probably paint. Since we're cocooning characters, that means they need to be painted. And some of it depends on whether we're going to paint them before we assemble them. They're a lot easier to paint when they're in pieces. But you don't want to paint them too soon because in assembly you can destroy them as well. So it's, it's a fine balancing act. I would say within three weeks we're probably going to be putting foam on the sides of the float. In which case, once the areas are marked, we need sort of an army to paint about 2,000 square feet of flat foam. Let's give the link where people can sign up to find out more about painting or whatever else you're going to need. LCFTRA.org. LCFTRA.org. Suppose that someone is a scout leader or a community group leader, and they want to come by and bring their troop or their group and have them volunteer. What can they expect? What do they need to know before they come up? Okay. First of all, what they need to expect is if they have the younger troops, the under 13s, they're better off to come on the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. After starting the 26th, to be on site by yourself without a parent or guardian, you have to be 13 or older. To work the one fourth shift, we have uh, one fourth shift that we have scheduled. You have to be 18, have a driver's license and your own transportation, because we sort of let you go at two in the morning. So those are the restrictions. A thing for people with younger children to know is if you and your child sign up for a shift and they're under 13, you are still expected to do a full shift. That means if your child gets tired after an hour, you got to get through the next three and a half hours. And that's usually the biggest challenge. On the other hand, People come in with very young kids and say they want to decorate. Oftentimes, we just give them a tour because, and then we say to their parents, if you guys want to come back and decorate, go to the website and look for the open shifts and sign up for another shift. But it's a real challenge. I worry about small kids, even when they're accompanied. We have steel flying around. We have forklifts driving. We have scaffolding being moved and repositioned. We have people carrying heavy boxes, bins, and everything. So you have to be alert. And basically, you have to be willing to work that one shift. You can sign up for one shift. You've got to work for one shift. If you're looking for your service hours, you have to bring your own form with you. We'll sign them. But we don't supply service hour forms because every school is different. So the student fills them out. We verify they work the shift and how many hours it was. And we sign. 
And that's usually something that falls through the cracks every year. And, you know, out on the website, they'll also see our major fundraiser, which is at Flint Ridge Sacred Heart Academy this year on the first Saturday of November. The Royal Court from Tournament of Roses comes up to visit us and we throw a big party, which is our major fundraiser. So there's instructions if you want to get tickets and come, never been before. It's kind of a fun party. There's silent auction items. There's live auction items. This year, there'll be a number of Flipwood Sacred Heart Academy students acting as greeters, wearing these colorful shirt and sporting antenna because, of course, they're the groupies. <laughs> lcftra.org once again for information on the fundraiser wine and roses i believe it is right yep and by the way not a formal party this year we're telling people to wear their best 60s attire Ooh, so your best tie-dye your bell bottoms all the stuff that we remember you're even probably could get away with a poodle skirt or two the idea is to celebrate that particular era and so sometimes it's tended to the bit formal side. This year, we're hoping people just sort of get in the spirit and come. And some of our members, like me, actually went to high school in the 60s. So there may be some surprises out there for people who you think you know. <laughs> this is going to be so much fun. You mentioned surprises before, too, about surprises you'll put on the float. Can I ask you about that without it not being a surprise? No. (laughs) And I will not. We'll stick to let's have people come and be surprised at the fundraiser. Be surprised at the fundraiser. Be surprised at Float Fest. Be surprised. Come under the bridge. We're going to have the yard sale again. Last year, we had a yard sale of all historic float stuff. We sold out everything that people had donated to us, but they didn't want anymore. So we sold out old shirts, old mugs, old patches, old pins, anything people didn't want that was float related. We sold, you know, a dollar, five dollars. There were a couple of things that were really rare. We put $20 price tags on them. And by the end of the week, there was nothing left. What do you want? Because we have to store them if they're left. (laughs) So last year we did it for the first time, but of course we had a yard sale on the float. So we called it the second hit shenanigans yard sale. So this year is the second annual secondhand shenanigans yard sale. I love it. What date is that? It'll start the afternoon of the 26th and go all the way up to second judging on the 31st. Got it. And of course, the 26th of December. And before we were talking about the dates for the kids to come 22nd through 24th of December for the very young kids. For the very young kids or the very young troops. Yeah, that's best because we can control it a little bit better. And we can also give them paintbrushes and have them go paint. And if we're still washing vials, buckets and everything, we found that Cub Scouts and brownies just love to get each other wet. And <laughs> just see all these kids running around squirting each other. Oh. Yep. And their troop leaders just sort of stand there. <laughs> Wait till it's over. So those days are fairly 
easy because we have more control once we move the float under the bridge. Things get, I will not say they're dangerous. I think there's a lot of caution that you have to use just like you would on any construction site. What about December 2nd? That's going to be your T2. What's that day going to be like? Well, December 1st will be all hands on deck. December 2nd, the flow tests at 9 a.m. We will be here between 6.30 and 7 to put everything on the float, to decorate it, to make sure everything runs, make sure we got no surprises with the goal of moving the giant bus under the bridge before nine so that we can do the road test. So what will happen is we will do the road test. We'll go up and down Hampton, both the little bus and the big bus. Um, It'll essentially be a dress rehearsal. So we'll be running some animation. We'll be running music. We'll, at that point, we have to do the fire drill. Fire drill is at some point along Hampton on the way back in, one of the members of which committee? Judging, I think, although I could be wrong on that, yells fire. And all of your crew members have 45 seconds to get the float stopped, get the brakes set, get their fire extinguishers in the hands and get out of the float. Talk about efficiency. And at that point, parade operations will take our float liaison and make sure she knows how to put the tow bars on and the tow straps for the satellite this year because it's too tiny to have a tow bar. And she'll have to go through and hook them up and take them off and be sure she understands where they're located because by that time, they're fairly well hidden and behind their little trap doors and their little cases that we have to build for the tow strap. So that happens. We pull it back. We pull the vehicles under the bridge. Everybody confers. And then they tell us what passed, what open items they're going to check, you know, before we can go on the road sometime in December. And then we move it back up here. And we finish it. We're a week early this year. And then if we stay on schedule, this will go under the bridge in the afternoon of Christmas Eve. And we'll all take one last deep breath on Christmas Day. And then most of us probably won't sleep again until somewhere around January 3rd or 4th. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about those no sleep days. Christmas Day's over. Everybody comes back. What's happening? Well, the first shift starts at 8.30 on the 26th. Last shift ends at 10 p.m. That's Monday. That's Tuesday. That's Wednesday. That's Thursday. On Thursday, we tack on the fourth shift, which is from 10 to 2, which is simply to put the whole thing together and run the full animation and program tests. And hope we don't get a windstorm between the time we declare it ready. And ready means there may be some decoration left to do, but essentially we can run the program for judging. And so if we're lucky, we only run one overnight. 
and then the and the construction animation teams will sit down and decide whether they want a 10 to 2 shift earlier in the week to assemble critical things to test, do final tests on the animation program and things like that so they can do it when there are a lot of people around. Somewhere in that week, mutual propane shows up and tops off the propane tanks. So there are all 120 gallons of propane ready to go down the... Now, that noise you're hearing isn't an audio clip. You're hearing grinding. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing, okay. As we were speaking, construction continued at LCFTRA's float site. What about when you get to the float site? I assume that everything doesn't go perfectly and you may have to do some repairs. Have you ever had something like that happen? See, which float was it? I think it was, I think it was the last occurrence of To the Rescue when we had the giant shark with the fishing nets and everything. We had a 70 mile an hour Santa Ana come up after 2 a.m. And the decorators always come in early on the morning of the 31st anyway, just to spiff up, to line up the stuff they want put away, except that the float was partially disassembled. The eating area tent and various other, the refrigerators had been blown over. The tent had been moved off of its foundation by about 18 inches with the wind. And I woke up that morning because I always woke up to KNX hearing the following. This is Pete Demetrio. I'm here at the Lockingata Flint Ridge float site. And they need help putting their float back together. Oh, no. That's not a good way for Pete Demetrio to be at your float site. No, I love his broadcast, but I wouldn't want to hear him say that if I were in your position. <laughs> what about the fundraising, too? You had said that your goal was between 125 and 150000 Right now, if we make all the wine and roses target, we're still a little short of the big donors. But every little donation helps. Every $35 membership is $35 we didn't have before. And that can be done on the website, too. So anybody can go out and become a member. As soon as you become a member, you automatically start getting newsletters. Anybody can come down here on Saturdays, starting about 9 in the morning. And... Dress to get dirty, and then we will. Then we sit there and we hand out jobs and we feed people, and we work depending on who's working and what they're working on. Some people work until four or five in the afternoon, some till two and three in the afternoon. But that's an open invitation from now until. It's a great place to be. I can say that from experience. Let's be sure and get the cross streets of where you are in La Cañada Flint Ridge. The cross streets are Foothill Boulevard and Hampton Road. You'll see the big Flint Ridge Prep parking lot, which is where we build. And finally, what's been the most fun you've had since we last spoke working on Flower Power and the little satellite float? 
Fun is a kind of hard word to define. The most I've learned that I didn't know before has to do with music licensing and how to direct a young volunteer who is majoring in production. You know, he's, he's currently in a program at Indiana University teaching him that he may get projects where he has no direct knowledge of the content because, you know, he's a sophomore in college and that's, for this float, that's 50 years in the third year mirror. So the hardest thing with him was having him understand how the playlist emulated a concert from the 60s, not today's mashup concerts, not today's this. And so the hardest thing was sort of said, okay, try this, try this. Now you've got to think about this. This is not like the last float music you've mixed. This is something new. You got it on the third try, which I thought was pretty good. And so our tournament profile has his biography in it. You know, anybody who gives me that many hours to produce what we're going to use. And he said to me, he said, so far you've been the toughest producer I've ever worked with. That sounds like a compliment. <laughs> it was, but it was kind of fun because I'm not a music producer. So I was guessing my way through it, but I didn't tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to remember that as a wonderful lesson for the rest of his life. Pam, thank you for your time today. Oh, no problem. You and I have been listening to Pam Wiedenbeck, La Cunada Flint Ridge Tournament of Roses Association Vice President of Float Development. LCFTRA's annual Wine and Roses fundraiser happens Saturday, November 4th from 4 p.m. until 7 at Flint Ridge Sacred Heart Academy, and you're invited. You'll find more information on their website, lcftra.org. Meanwhile, work parties are ongoing every Saturday as progress continues on La Cunada Flint Ridge Tournament of Roses Association's 2024 Rose Parade Float Flower Power. Find out more about float volunteer opportunities for you and your family or you and your community organization at lcftra.org. That's lcftra.org. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. Be sure you subscribe. It's free by clicking the link on our website. Our music is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.